What's up, everybody? How's everyone doing? This is Justin with the Fight of Faith. Uh, welcome, welcome. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. Uh, right now, I am recording in World Record Studios with my friend uh, Sammy Saba, aka the Prophet. We're in his home studio, and uh, I've heard the audio that's going to come out of this thing is going to be so clean. So uh, we're going to do this here with my buddy as much as we can. Um, you know, uh, very clean audio and uh, for for your viewing and listening pleasure. So, uh, God bless all you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is the episode 18 of the podcast. Uh, welcome, welcome. So it's been a little while since we've done a UFC podcast. We've been doing a lot of Word, a lot of Bible, which is great. That's the most important thing. But I realize it's been a little while since we talked about uh, mixed martial arts, UFC, that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to give a little update because a lot has happened and I think there's a lot uh, for us that we need to discuss because uh, this weekend, right now is Friday night around like 9 o'clock p.m. or something and uh, and it's we have a huge fight coming tomorrow. So let's start with UFC 227 and uh, my friend Sammy here is going to navigate us to be our producer today. So today um, there was the, the weigh-ins and the workouts and everything for U UFC 227 and the main event for that fight is uh, Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. Okay? And that is for the 135-pound title uh, in the bantamweight division. So if you guys don't know, I'm going to fill you in, that uh, Cody Garbrandt had uh, achieved the title from Dominic Cruz, who is like the most dominant champion in that division ever. And uh, but he has a lot of health issues. Dominic Cruz uh, was on the Joe Rogan experience. He was talking about he di he didn't feel up to par in that fight with Cody because he had this horrible disease. I forgot what it was called, but he had a horrible sickness in his foot. And the way he described it was uh, it was something that felt like he was walking on glass 24 seven. There was something wrong with his foot. But regardless, he still uh, fought and he didn't want to tell anybody because he has been delayed of uh, the title fight for so long. So, unfortunately, um, the dominator Dominic Cruz, uh, he didn't want to um, he didn't want to delay anymore. So he still fought. That's and, and if you notice uh, when he fought Cody, um, that was the only time that I remember seeing him with wraps around his feet and his ankles. Um, and so he, w he was really struggling. And you can tell that his footwork isn't, it, he was still moving like his style that TJ kind of stole, but uh, he was still moving like he always did. But um, you can see Cody acknowledged uh, where he lacked and he just capitalized. Cody was doing an amazing job with footwork. He was bobbing and weaving. He was dancing and mocking him and it was an amazing fight. If you didn't see that fight, Sammy, you got to watch that fight. It's Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz. And Dominic Cruz has owned the guy. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Cody just owned the guy because um, from that point, everyone saw like, wow, uh, this guy is uh, mortal. This guy is normal because uh, never before have we seen Dominic Cruz been dominated like that, especially with a young buck coming up from alpha male. And, uh, and, and actually, this is such a beautiful story that Cody Garbrandt wrote a book with his friend, Oh, I forgot the poor kid's name. Please forgive me. But uh, I believe I don't even want to mention his name because I'm going to wreck it and I'm, I'm not going to do that. But so Cody Garbrandt's from uh, the south somewhere, but he had a friend growing up, a young man who was a boy, probably like 10, 12 years old. And that boy was diagnosed with cancer. Right. 
So, but that boy looked up to Cody, and Cody was a local. Uh, he's a wrestling coach at the high school, and uh, he was um, helping out with the team and whatnot. But his background is wrestling. But this young man got diagnosed with cancer, and uh, things weren't looking too good. And um, when this happened, uh, he met Cody, became friends, and uh, Cody was also losing faith. Uh, he was he needed some inspiration. So they, when they both met each other, they uh, immediately befriended one another, and they made a pact uh, together. And um, he he was Cody was rooting for this kid and said, you know what? I hope you do well, and uh, you know. I pray that you're going to get through this. You're going to fight cancer and you're going to beat it. You're going to survive. You're going to make this. So the boy not only uh, promised him back, but he told Cody, I'm going to make a pact with you that if I'm going to keep fighting because this kid didn't want to fight anymore, he didn't want to live. This kid said, if we're going to, if I'm going to fight for my life, I want you to fight for the title. We're going to make a pact. I beat cancer. You beat Dominic and you're going to win that title so those two made a pact and when that happened it was a magical moment that's why after Cody beat Dominic he brought in the little kid into the octagon and gave him the belt and put the belt on his waist beautiful story and they they wrote a book about it called The Pact and it's an amazing story so that's why you can imagine what Cody went through after all the the smack talk and after everything that happened um, TJ Dillashaw knocked Cody out and it was really uh, it was embarrassing it, it was a real downer but life does that to you and so he uh, Cody has been training hard to get everything uh, accordingly to set up for the rematch because what was gonna happen was uh, TJ Dillashaw now the new 130 the new 135 pound champ he wanted to go down in weight to the 125 pound division to defeat or face rather Demetrius Johnson okay now uh, uh, DJ uh, Mighty Mouse uh, has been the most dominant champion ever he just tied Anderson Silva's uh, defense record for 11 fights straight and uh, and but the, the problem is is that Mighty Mouse he's and here's here's the sad thing about the lower class divisions for the 125 pound 135 pound you don't see a lot of press for those guys, and it's really sad. Um, I think Demetrius Johnson, out of all those fight and title defenses, he probably only has one, two, maybe three on pay-per-view. All of them were on fight nights. All of them were on UFC on Fox, free free uh, television. And this guy is the most dominant champion in the sport right now. So it's sad for the guy. And he's so tiny, honestly. I think Demetrius Johnson can even make 115 pounds because he doesn't have to cut a lot of weight to make 125. And he's always the smaller guy. Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the best fights was him and Dominic Cruz at 135, but he was just simply too small for that weight class. So that's why they basically created the weight class for 125 for Demetrius Johnson, and he's never lost since. Um, the best fight he had was with Elliot from the Ultimate Fighter finale uh, for the flyweights because they wanted to find someone that can beat Demetrius Johnson. So they created a whole Ultimate Fighter series just to find someone who can actually compete. And uh, so Elliot came close, but no cigar. He couldn't defeat uh, Mighty Mouse. Who can, right? So that's why my, um, Joe Rogan even says that Mighty Mouse is probably the the best fighter we have pound for pound. Technically speaking, he makes no mistakes. He capitalizes all on your mistakes, and uh, he's quite a fighter. So uh, as far as that, all that I said was because um, 
not Cody, but TJ, when he won the belt, he wanted to go down to face Mighty Mouse in 125. But I said to myself, there's no way that he's going to make weight because I don't know if you ever seen uh, TJ Dillashaw weigh in at 135. He looks like a toothpick, all right? And this is not healthy. He is like, because he is a ripped guy already and he has no fat to lose. He's always lean and ready to fight in the camp. I can't imagine how much more weight he's going to have to cut uh, from his camp weight all the way down to 125 pounds just to fight Demetrius Johnson. Keep in mind, that's going to be an amazing fight if that happens, and we need super fights like that. But I don't think that's going to happen, man. That's why DJ got a lot of clapback from the from the public uh, saying that he was um, wussing out and uh, he, he didn't want to man up to uh, face TJ. That's not true. All he asked was, Okay, you're coming down to my weight class. I don't even know if you can make weight. And keep in mind, a lot of pullouts have been happening lately because of weight class, because of weight cut issues. So Demetrius said, "Hey, I have a huge, uh, I have a huge record on the line. So why don't you go ahead and make weight for once at 125 pounds, just to prove that you can get down there healthily, and and just uh, go make your first fight. And if he can fight down there in 125, then he can come for the 125 pound title." And Demetrius was all for it, but he didn't want to do that. DJ uh, uh, TJ Dillashaw wanted to go straight to the title fight, and that ain't happening. So, um, with that said, I think uh, that's that's the main issue with this whole UFC that's going on tomorrow night, UFC 227, and uh, that's going to be at the Staples Center in LA. And the thing is that how important this is because both guys want Demetrius Johnson. Both guys want the super fight. Both guys want to make that extra paycheck because um, if Cody wins, Cody is going to win by knockout, uh, which will be awesome. And if he wins, he was gonna. He's either gonna rematch Dominic Cruz, or uh, Cody is going to uh, go down to Mighty Mouse. Because actually, Cody, um, he doesn't have to cut a lot of weight to make 135. He's actually walking in the 140s already, and uh, barely touching 150. So he doesn't have to cut a lot of weight to make weight. So he's already a uh, lean dude. So he, I feel more comfortable with him making the 125 pound bracket than TJ. You know, because TJ is a little bit bigger, I believe. So. With that said, if TJ if TJ wins, he's going to want to go down to 125. But if Cody wins, he also is going to want to go down to 125, but he uh, he might have to rematch uh, Dominic Cruz because I'm sure Dominic is waiting. Why do you think Dominic never rematched after the loss? Because he wants to hold on and get that shot back. So he doesn't want to make the risk of getting unhealthy or pulling out of a fight, cutting weight, whatever and losing a fight he wants to stay in contention for a rematch so that's the biggest thing i'm taking from 127 um so sammy uh for for the next ufc uh for 128 what, what do we got going on for the main event for ufc 128 um because i i have it on my phone but i forgot already um because we have i went i watched a press conference um the 25 year anniversary press conference they had with uh, Dana White. So who do we got? You can tell me. Who's uh, yeah, Mauricio Rua. Yeah, Shogun. Ryan Faber and uh, Jim Miller. Okay, but who's the, the, oh, the main event uh, for Shogun the... Shogun is with John Jones. 228? Oh, my bad. <laughs> is that UFC 28? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, we got, we, we got John Jones and Shogun. I'm like... 
Ah, uh, John Jones ain't coming back, man. Not not anytime soon. I wish. <laughs> yeah, you got me excited, man. He put in UFC 28 and got me all heart throbbed. Okay. Oh yeah. So that's Darren Till. Okay. Versus UFC 228. It's gonna be Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley. Okay. Now this is another story. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Tyron Woodley, he uh, had to get shoulder surgery. That's why he's been out. Okay. A lot of people uh, throw hate on him and give him flack. But you know what? I got to respect the guy because the way he knocked out Robbie Lawler, monster, monster. Tyron Woodley is a beast, man. And uh, and he is built for this thing. He is a monster. But, um, you know, I got to admit, I was not really a fan after I watched his fights with T- Stephen Thompson, even with the rematch. Because... I don't know, man. It's just like he was I, I felt like a lot of people felt that he was just being very safe and uh, not really executing the finish. He was more point fighting and he was bringing the fight not to knock out Stephen Thompson, which is a very risky task in the first place. But he was more reserved to just counter uh, Stephen Thompson. But, but the problem is that Stephen Thompson is a counter striker. He is a karate guy. So he's more of a p- point fighter. So both guys and both fights were both waiting for counters and no one was throwing. You know, if they, if they throw, it would, it would be no combos. It was just like one hit, one kick. Very irritating. So that's why I think a lot of people, that's why um, I don't really follow Tyron Willie anymore. And it doesn't really help that he goes around complaining all the time. He plays the race card. He, he says, uh, you know, Dana White doesn't advertise me as champion. He doesn't treat me like a champion. And I think he's just playing victim a whole lot, you know. But but as far as, as for a guy that works so hard, he's a Christian, he's a believer, and I, I bless him. I love that guy. I love his work ethic. I know I think he's a great champion, and he's a very active champion, if that. But at the same time, man, like, why do you always got to be complaining about stuff, about um, about what you don't have and uh, comparing yourself to other, uh, compare yourself to other champions is like no man. Like you get what you get, and you're you're a hard worker. You're a champ. You're the best. Why 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 do we keep complaining, right? But here's the thing, when that happened, uh, and he was out for a while for over if you're I think he was out for a year for shoulder surgery. So that's why they had that interim title fight with uh, Colby Covington and uh, RDA with uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. By the way, side note about Rafael Dos Anjos, really good man of God. That's why you never see him cuss. That's why you never see him disrespect anybody in to a measure. It's because actually, uh, I forgot which church, but it was a church in uh, Las Vegas on Sahara, and he was going to speak at a men's conference. And I didn't make it, but RDA, the UFC fighter, he was the lightweight champ actually before he got hurt. And, uh, and Connor ended up fighting... Um, um, for the 155 title, uh, I forgot that guy from Bellator. Shoot, I can't believe I forgot his name. But Connor got the 155 title because RDA basically was supposed to fight Connor, but he hurt his foot. He broke his foot in camp. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> so since he um, didn't really capitalize on that championship in the lightweight division, he went up to 170. 
talking about RDA now. And he made a killing at 170. He was on a rampage, and let alone he um, he didn't have to cut too much weight, so he was always the smaller guy at 170. But RDA was a killer, bro, because he knows he's a smaller guy, and he would just outwork everybody, period. And he would like gladly outwork you. He knows you're the bigger guy. He knows that you probably can knock him out, but he ain't gonna let you. I love RDA for that. Respect. And to my brother in Christ, right? But now, after Colby outworked him, which was very impressive because I didn't see that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Colby kind of came out of nowhere. Honestly, he got more on the scene because he was talking a lot of smack about Brazilians in Brazil, right? And, and, and it all started, honestly, let's be real. Colby Covington got famous because Verdum threw a boomerang at his head. Legit. That's what happened. And when he was outside of the conference and Verdum, uh, he heard Colby Covington talking a lot of smack about Brazilians. And then Verdum, being a heavyweight, started cussing him out. And then so when they were having altercation, Verdum, no, it was in Australia. It was because he had a boomerang. He bought a souvenir and he threw that at Colby Covington's head. And then that's when it all hit the fan. No, it was just in a bag, so it didn't come back. And he just threw it. And then that's how Colby really got the spotlight that he has now. And uh, I Honestly, do you know who Colby Covington is? No, right? Because why? Because nobody really knows him. And anyone that does know him, I mean, like, uh, I'm I'm not a super hardcore fan, but I do know of him just because I'm a fan. But to the main, to, to the masses, nobody knew who Colby was until he started talking smack, until he got a boomerang thrown at his head. He made the headlines and he started talking smack. Honestly, that's how we got his shot. I'm sorry. He's a great fighter, and he would definitely kill me. But I'm just speaking honestly that that's how a majority of people found out who he was. He got in the spotlight for talking, and uh, he wanted to press charges after talking all that smack to Verdum. The word of advice, okay? If there's a six foot five, 250 pound Brazilian guy covered in tattoos, you don't make fun of him, okay? And especially he has a boomerang in his hand, okay? Um, and that's just old news, but that's Kobe's, uh, up, uh, that's his uprising to the title. So he beat RDA for the interim title. And here's the sad thing. Uh, I mean, he's low-key racist. I mean, like, he's not really racist, but he's low-key racist, you know? He, like, he's not racist, but he's you know and uh, and he proudly he's like you know what you know what i'm gonna do he gonna wear my uh, maga hat uh, make america great again and i'm gonna throw that that belt right on donald trump's desk in the office you know and like okay bro you know like you call brazilian savages you got a boomerang thrown out your head you're talking all this smack and he hates on everybody he's an ultimate troll on uh social media and honestly, uh, like like everyone says, he likes to play that bad guy uh, role, and and it, and it works for him. So I mean, but uh, as far as people that actually know him, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's a nice guy, but at the end of the day, his title's getting stripped, okay? Because uh, I think they just saved the event with making him an interim uh, champion. They wanted to keep the ratings up and keep people interested in the UFC, but um, at the end of the day, it was just to save the pay per view, honestly, and. So because he's uh, getting surgery, he's not fighting Tyron Woodley. That's why Darren Till came in the mix. Now, if you don't know who Darren Till is, Google him. If you don't know who he is, YouTube him because that dude is a monster. I have no idea how he makes 170 pounds. He is easily walking around at 210, 
this dude is huge. This dude is a monster. And uh, after seeing him fight, you know why they call him the gorilla. This dude is a beast. He's from England. He has a weird accent. And his eyes are a little bit small. But it's okay. He is a monster. And you look at him and uh, he can he's a killer, dude. Like, the way that he put away Donald Cerrone was embarrassing. And I met Donald Cerrone. I love him. We're buddies. No, we're not. But I wish we were. And, uh, and, he, and I met him before at an expo. Now, me and Donald Cerrone are the same height, okay? Definitely not the same weight class because I have a lot of weight to lose, right? But Darren Till put him away easily, very easily. Um, but, you know, what? Why, why, why would someone even say that? But, you know what, Darren, Darren Till is huge, okay? Darren Till, I don't know if he can really beat Tyron Woodley. I don't even know if uh, if he even ready for this. I mean, like, let's just say that because who who are we to say, right? Let's just say that Tyron Woodley is an ultimate amazing champion. But at the same time, Darren, Darren Till is like the uprising dude. He's a dude that's hungry. And uh, when they did the face-off at the, the, the weigh-ins, they saw each other and uh, they saw that and they said, oh, I don't see no fear in this guy's eyes. I'm ready. I'm ready for this fight. Cool. Yeah, they, they're, they're down to fight, and they want to fight each other. Props. But uh, I think that's going to be a great fight. I think that everybody is going to be able to um, enjoy the fight because those guys are monsters. And uh, so the next one that we're going to talk about is UFC 229, okay? But I think we're good on that. We, I think we're good because you know what's the what's the... You know what's the main uh, event for that one, Sammy? It's going to be Connor versus Khabib. Oh, snap. Okay, and that just got announced today. Okay, so UFC 229 is going to be in October in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, and it's going to be Connor versus Khabib. And Connor is no longer the champion. Connor's title got stripped, and he, what he did is he he's going he's gonna to face Khabib, and Khabib is a amazing he is amazing he is undefeated and i don't think connor's gonna win i don't think connor's gonna win i mean have you seen khabib bro have you seen connor? i love i love connor I'm, I'm like the number one fan of connor I, I when i talk about him to my friends and like my, my my wife makes fun of me because of how much i love connor but at the end of the day i want connor to win my heart says yes connor's gonna make it but um Look at Khabib, bro. Look how he fights. And Connor's two issues that we've seen throughout his career is tank down defense and cardio. And that is exactly what Khabib is, is amazing at. He is amazing at cardio, and he's amazing at takedowns. Uh, so He's also a little overconfident. Yeah, he, he is. Underestimates people. He underestimates people, and he eats tiramisu a lot. And, uh, and that last fight he had with... Who did Khabib fight with? His last one, it, it wasn't with Tony Ferguson because uh, Tony Ferguson got, yeah, uh, uh, Tony Ferguson got got hurt. And by the way, praying for you, Tony. That really sucks when you're the champ and you're waving to somebody with your glasses on indoors. Hello, and he f tripped on some on some cable wires or something. And, and broke his ACL or something or his meniscus. Al LaQuinta. Al LaQuinta, that's who it was. Bro, 
praying for Tony. That is the saddest story I ever heard because Tony earned that through an interim fight. He earned that fight and he earned the title and then he trips on some wire and then lo and behold, the title is stripped from him. Poor Tony, bro. He's still in the mix. We still know that you're good, bro. You're still training with every Eddie Bravo at 10th Planet. God bless you, man. I know you're still doing your Wing Chun and you're still staying on top of your game. But that's the saddest story ever, bro. You deserve to still be in the game. So hopefully he gets the winner of this. But I really doubt it because it's going to be a money fight. Um, and that's not with Tony. I'm sorry. But so anyway, now that uh, with that huge ordeal that I think I believe that's the topic of my last episode about UFC. I was talking about how Max is going to step in last minute. And uh, it was supposed to be uh, for, for Tony versus Khabib for the interim lightweight title at 155. But the problem was is when Tony got hurt, um, Max Holloway comes in on nine days notice. Say, hey, even though I'm weighing 190, 185, let me try to make the weight. I'm going to save the day. And I love Max. I'm from Hawaii too. I love you, bro. I I wish I can have you on the show one day. But you know what? He couldn't make weight, and that was a bummer. And and then let alone, uh, he was gonna, supposed to have another fight, but um, and then he pulled out the day of the day before because he he was having uh, like stroke like symptoms and concussion like symptoms. Praying for you, Max. Hopefully you can get healthy because you're a monster. But. Um, seeing how Khabib dominated Ally Quinta, let alone, I didn't expect Al to win, but he did great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for what it was, right, Al didn't know, um, I don't think he was prepared for Khabib because Khabib is another level of a fighter, but... Uh, you can, but Khabib really underestimated, like Sammy said, he really underestimated Al and he wanted to stand and trade with Al and he, he did good against Al, but if you try to stand and trade with Connor, you get knocked out. And, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, I'm rooting for Connor. I love Connor. And, uh, that's all I can do is just root because at the end of the day, realistically in the real world, even though in my heart, I feel Connor's going to win. Oh, that'd be so cool. But reality sets in after you think about it. Khabib can easily put him away. But if he is cocky and if he wants to stand in trade with Connor and he refuses to take him down and ground a pound like he always does, he's going to lose. And uh, that's the only way he's going to lose because Connor is not going to take him down. I'll tell you that right now. Khabib is wrestling Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold, and Cain Velasquez on a daily basis at AKA in San Jose, California. Khabib ain't getting taken down by Connor. 100% bet. But um, it depends how cocky does he want to be. Uh, how does he want to act? We'll see. But uh, at the end of the day, that's UFC 229. And that was like the big announcement, right? For Connor versus Khabib. I thought they were going to do that in Russia. But I guess like they would like it would be so dope and crazy that they would create like an earthquake or something. I think it will be too hype. So they did that in the T-Mobile arena with someone who can uh, actually... Uh, who can actually handle the capacity for the anticipation of this huge fight. So this is going to be an amazing fight. Watch it for two. UFC 229 is going to be with Connor versus Khabib. Amazing. A UFC 228 is going to be Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. And tomorrow, UFC 227 is going to be Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. Right? Not bad for my memory. For people who know me, they know me that my memory is kind of sometimes. But anyway... 
you know what? But here's my dream, okay? I'm going to tell you my dream uh, that I wish in a perfect world, this is what I want Connor to accomplish, right? How much time do we have? Are we doing like half hour, 20 minutes? What oh, do we do? 27 minutes. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to end it with my dream, okay? In a perfect world, this is what I want to do. I was texting my friend Cody uh, about this, and uh, so I'm going to mention it to him. Oh, I, something that I already mentioned to him. So in a perfect world, this is what I want to happen. Like, most likely not going to happen, but this is what I want to happen. For, with a miracle of God and a move of God, that Connor beats Khabib somehow, okay? And he retains the 155 title that he beat Eddie Alvarez with, okay? I remember the name from before. That was who I was trying to remember. So Connor beat Eddie Alvarez before. And if, which is a big IF, if he beats Khabib Nurmagomedov, he deserves that 155 title, right? But hear me out. If you've noticed, there has been a huge, huge issue with weight cutting and a huge issue because uh, some people who are, and here, here's, here's an example. The, the jump from 170 to 185 may not sound like a lot to people, but someone who are aware of someone cutting so much weight for just a fight, that is a whole difference in the ball game. That is a big jump, right? So some people that can't make it to 170 and they're forced to go to 185, give an example. The two people that are successful, even though they be originally belonged in the welterweight division, is Robert Whitaker and uh, Kelvin Gastelum. And they were both uh, at the top of the food chain and then Robert Whitaker ended up climbing faster and being the champ. But he first fought in welterweight and these guys are simply just too, just too big for 170. And, uh, and simply just, uh, just too much to, they, they can't make the weight. But what if we established a new weight class? And we don't have to be on 30 minutes exactly, but um, what if we establish a, a weight class? Let's move up, okay, from everything at the fives. So 125 featherweight, 135 bantamweight, 145 featherweight, 155 lightweight, 165 welterweight, okay, hear me out. I know it sounds weird. And then super welterweight, 175, okay? Hear me out. If we do that, we are able to have people like Kelvin Gastelum, people like Robert Whitaker. They're able to go into their original weight class of 175 welterweight, or that'll be super welterweight, right? But the people that are a little bit too big for 155, but they're forced to go to 170, which is also another big jump of 15 pounds, right? People like that uh, would be Kevin Lee, right? I think Kevin Lee would be great for that. And he cuts a lot of weight to go to 155. People like Benson Henderson, I know he's not in the UFC anymore, but he would have to go on the door of death to make 155. But I think it'll be easier and create more champions if we introduce that new weight class. Same thing at uh, from light heavyweight to 205 to heavyweight to max 265. That is a huge discrepancy. Like it's a, it's a huge ball game where uh, that's why the the hunter headhunters in uh, the web, uh, the heavyweight division is is like the wild west. It's really uh, it's pretty crazy. It's up in the air. So it's better to have two hundred five lightweight, um, two twenty five heavyweight, and then two anything over two forty five heavyweight. 
Let's do that. Why not? Because you're introducing more possibility of, of pay-per-view numbers, creating more champions, and you're enabling people to, to make money and uh, be in a healthier weight cut, right? Who, if they find themselves in between the three, like, uh, like between 185, 205, another big jump when I go to 195, right? Things like that. That will change the game because I said all of that because this is my dream. What if, hear me out, Sammy, let me see Let me see if you like this idea. Connor, former 145-pound champ, featherweight. Connor, former 155-pound lightweight champ, right? He already got those two, champ, champ. Let's go for champ, 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 okay? What if we created a 165-pound title, okay, and then move welterweight up to 175, and let's make GSP versus Connor for 165 GSP already had, he's already a legend for at welterweight, 170. He already beat one, uh, 185 champ Michael Bisbing. Let that go. And, that, and both guys are able to have a chance of be a triple division champion. And let's meet in the middle, folks. Let's have GSP go down to 165 because he is planning on eventually fighting at 155. That's what GSP said. Because GSP even got sick. He ate so much chicken and broccoli and eggs that he got sick going up to 185. You saw him. He was yoked, but he was throwing up before the fight, he said. He was just he's just eating too much. He can't keep up that weight because he's just solid, right? But um, then also, um, Connor will be able to do 145, 155, and 165. So let's meet in the middle. Let's do it. That'll be amazing, but that's my dream. Probably not gonna happen, but that's like a storybook ending. If it does happen, I'll bring in the beers. Yeah, <laughs> and and that'll be a storybook ending for both for both fighters. GSP is able to ride off into the sunset with uh, like the millions of dollars. Connor doesn't really need the money, but that is that solidifies him as the goat, especially if he beats Khabib, and especially if he beats GSP. That's what uh, Brendan Schaub was saying on his fight, on his podcast, and. Uh, that's all she wrote. That's all he needs. And he doesn't need to fight anymore. Just go off and just uh, buy Bugattis and wear leather like he always does. Right? So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been a little while since we talked about UFC. Thank you uh, to my friend Sammy for letting me use his studio. Beautiful home studio at World Record Studios. To anybody in the Las Vegas area, Henderson area that needs mixing, mastering, who needs professional audio work and you listen to the podcast and you like how it sounds, it's because my boy Sammy. So hit him up. I love you guys. And uh, I'll have another devotional out this Sunday or Monday about. And we're going to stay in the word, keep strong, and keep fighting the good fight of faith. And I love you guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. God bless and take care.